0: Well, Dwayne already mentioned a whole bunch of ways that we can be fearful. (laughs) Uh, I don't know how many of you guys are afraid of the the different things he mentioned, but there's some fear that goes into being someone's neighbor. You know, being a neighbor, not just a physical next door neighbor, but being someone we talked about over the last couple weeks, being a neighbor is, is being involved in the life of someone that God has put into your path. And whether that's in a, in a regular basis, in your a, in a, in a, different social circles, or maybe it's someone that's just in need of mercy, like we saw in the, the Good Samaritan story. There was that man that just was in the road. He was in the path and, and someone needed to help him. And we saw multiple people that didn't help him, but then Jesus said the neighbor is the one who had mercy on that injured person in the road. But then, of course, there's people that live near you is, are also people, are neighbors. And so fearless neighboring is what we're looking at today. We're going to be turning again to the, the book of Luke, uh, and we're going to be looking at a story what Jesus, what was happening to Jesus. And so as we get into this, um, just wanted to, to remind us that we've talked about like a good neighbor. I know some people want to end that phrase, but I'm not promoting any company here. <laughs> um, like a good neighbor, the way that we can be a good neighbor is to be prayerfully present, to, to be looking for opportunities, to be praying for our neighbors, be looking for ways that we can speak truth and life. And also, we talked about last week how it's, it's actually hard to love our neighbors accidentally, right? It usually isn't just like, hey, here's some people and let's just show them love. No, usually it takes some intention. And so let's be intentional to be loving towards our neighbors. And so uh, this morning... And I said that last week, that we can be praying for opportunities to love our neighbors, that we can be showing hospitality um, to, to our neighbors. Um, and, and Peter adds, without grumbling. I know there's probably a reason that he had to say that, without grumbling. Um, and then also to be showing God's grace to our neighbors. You now, last week, you saw me all walk in, or if you were here, uh, you saw me walk in and pretend to be Mr. Rogers for a little bit. Because Mr. Rogers had a show where he was about being intentional to show the love of Jesus to each person. And while he didn't go on the show and talk about Jesus by name because it's a, it wasn't a Christian um, broadcasting company, uh, he did show value and he showed love to people that maybe didn't feel valued or loved. And that's a great example of what it means to be a neighbor, is to show people love, to show people value, even if they might not feel like they deserve love or value. And so I encourage you, as as we've been going through this, talking about neighboring, watch... There's two different movies about Mr. Rogers recently. One is a movie called Won't You Be My Neighbor?, and I showed the, the trailer for that last week. And that's a, a documentary. So if you like documentaries, go with that one. Uh, and then, then there's a Tom Hanks version uh, where he p- portrays Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers. And that's called Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. So either of these movies, I encourage you to watch them. Because not just to know about Fred Rogers and about his life, but how we can be neighbors. How we can be intentional. How we can be even fearless, we're going to be looking at today fearless in the way we show people the love of Jesus. So I want to get right into it today that our main idea is that we love our neighbors fearlessly when we step out of our comfort zone. So if we're going to if we're going to be fearful, we are not going to go pursue people. If we are if we are stuck in our fear, then we are not going to get We're not going to do much. But we have to be fearless. We have to step out of our comfort zones to be intentional to our neighbors. I'm not just talking about our next-door neighbors. I'm talking about people that are in our circles. When you're at at a sporting event, when you're at work, when you're at school, wherever you are, we have to be fearless to step out of our comfort zone and say... Whatever it is, just start a, start a conversation. Start a conversation and see where it leads. And be prayerfully present in that conversation. Be prayerfully asking the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom in that conversation. To see where it will lead. So we're going we're gonna to be going today to Luke chapter 7. So I encourage you to open your Bibles to Luke 7. Or you can follow along on the screens. Or your Bible app, or whatever the case is. And in, in Luke chapter 7, so this is the, the third gospel, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then we see later John, but this is the third gospel, and we see that in this book, Luke is writing about, he's writing to a Roman officer, wanting to under, that people would understand why Jesus was here what he was all about. And so in Luke chapter 7, and we're going to start in verse 34, it says this. Alright, so in, in verse right before this, he's the, it's talking about how John the Baptist, how he came, what he was all about. And then Jesus compares himself, and he says in verse 34, the Son of Man, that's Jesus, and he's saying this about himself, the Son of Man came, Eating and drinking, and you say he's talking to the Pharisees. He say, "You say here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners." But wisdom is is proved right by all her children. So here, just to understand this for a moment. Here, Jesus is is talking to these religious leaders, and he's talking about about how they just assume all these bad things about everybody. They assume bad things about. John the Baptist, they're assuming bad things about Jesus. You know, there's, this is the third time that Jesus is mentioned with, by saying, the Son of Man came. The Son of Man came. And the other two times that that it says the Son of Man came, it talks about how He came to seek and save the lost. It also talks about how He came to serve, not to be served, and give His life as a ransom. The Son of Man came and now you see he's he came eating and drinking. That sounds a little different, doesn't it? The Son of Man, he came to to give his life. The Son of Man came to serve, and the Son of Man came to eat and drink. That sounds a little bit off, doesn't it? <laughs> well, eating and drinking, why is he, why was he eating and drinking? Why was he why was he doing that? It was so that he could be with people. Jesus was he wanted not just to have a he didn't just pass by people and chit-chat a little bit. He wanted to engage in their life. And one of the, a great way to engage in people's lives is having a meal together. And so Jesus was eating and drinking. He was spending time with people. And it shows that right here. And you can look all over the Gospels, how Jesus was eating at people's houses. He was going and, and spending time with people. Well, so let's, let's keep going in this. this. So then he's eating and drinking, and people, the, the religious rulers, think that he's a bad guy because he's spending time with essentially, they're saying, tax collectors and sinners, people that you shouldn't spend time with according to the religious rulers. And it says in verse 36 that now, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. Now, listen, this is interesting. He, they, the Pharisees don't like Jesus going to have dinner with some people, but they're okay with inviting Him to their house, right? Don't go there, to their houses. Don't be associated with that crowd, but you, you can come be associated with us because we have, we're the good crowd, okay? So it, there it says that Jesus went to the Pharisee's house and He reclined at the table. Now, it says in verse 37 that a woman... In that town who lived a sinful life, learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. And then she wiped them on her hair, or wiped them with her hair and kissed them, and poured perfume on them. Okay, if that seems awkward, it's because it is. <laughs> if, that, if that seems awkward, it is awkward. <laughs> I don't even like reading that. It's, it sounds so strange. Like, why is Jesus letting this woman do this? Like, why is it even in the Bible? It seems so, why? <laughs> right, have any of you ever thought, why is this in the Bible? Why? Okay, you don't, don't, don't tell me. I know, I know some people are thinking it. Why is this in the Bible? Why is, why is Jesus letting this woman do this? It was awkward. And, and can you imagine? Like whenever you're in the room and something is happening is awkward, it's even more awkward because you're there and you're like, do I change the subject? Do I, do I, what, what do I do? Like everybody else is just trying to figure out what to do. And so we can see here a few things. First of all, I think the, the first point that we need to understand in, in this context is that fearless neighboring includes being around people who live differently. And that's our first point today, is that Jesus, He cared. He was, an inten- he was intentional about eating and drinking. He, he wanted to know people. He wanted to be there for people. He was fearless But part of it was that he wanted us to understand that we don't just go into the nicest places and we don't just associate with the quote-unquote good people. But he wanted us to understand that being around people who live differently is part of being a fearless neighbor, part of being a fearless person that wants to show the love of Jesus to others. So he didn't wait... he 't didn't, He didn't just uh, send this lady away. he didn't we're going to see what happens here, but he this is showing that he, he was he lived a way that is different than how most people want to live. as we know, Jesus lived very differently. His focus, his mission was about people, and sometimes, even though we say sometimes maybe our focus is about people. It comes down to, like, that's too awkward, um, and we should, like, send that lady away, right? Jesus didn't. So, you know, we are to be a light in in this dark world. We are to be in the world, but not of the world. We are going to look different. We're going to associate with people that look differently than us or act differently than us or maybe even... That we are maybe afraid of or, or not wanting to be in conversation with. In the Art of Neighboring series, this book that we're kind of going through a little bit, uh, I, there's some videos on Right Now Media I recommend you guys watching. But there's a, um, there's a quote that says, If we are going to love our neighbors well, we have to overcome fear and love those that we'd be tempted to ignore or to avoid or be afraid of. If we're going to love well, if we're going to love these people well, even when we're tempted to ignore them, to avoid them, to overlook them, or maybe we're even afraid of them, we need to, to not live in fear. But fearless neighboring is going to include people, being around people that live differently getting to know them, being in relationship with them, hearing their story, sitting across the table and and having hospitality with them, talking. Let's Let's see the response here in verse 39. All right, so back to Luke 7. When the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, and really this is like he thought to himself, he said, if this man is a, were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and, who, and, and what kind of woman she is. That she is a sinner. Now, now keep in mind, he didn't say this out loud. Okay? He, he's just thinking, like, if Jesus is really a good guy, if he's really a prophet, if he really has power, if he really knows his stuff, then he would know that she is scum that she is no good, that she is nasty, that she does all these things, she should not be touching Jesus. If He really is good, then He would know she is bad. It's interesting here that Jesus, it says in verse 40, Jesus answered Him. (laughs) This this Pharisee Simon, he doesn't say anything out loud. He's just, just thinking all this, these things about Jesus and this woman. But Jesus answered him, saying, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. And he gives this little story. He said two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Now, keep in mind, 500 denarii and 50 denarii, it's a lot of money. I don't understand all, uh, we don't really need to understand exactly how much it's worth, but essentially, if you think of a, a denari as a day's wage, it's like seven weeks of working or 20, What for the 50, actually the math, I guess that's if you work seven days a week, but it's, it's a lot of time of working, and you can't pay it back, and then the 500 is even times 10 of that, right, so just, it's a lot of money, and, and both of these people, they can't pay back the money lender, okay, it's a lot of money. And so Jesus said, neither of these men had the money to pay them back. So he forgave the debt of both. I think that's important to really hear that. He forgave. He didn't say, give me some. He forgave. He said, you're good. Now that's very gracious. That's very generous. That's, that's unneeded. But the story isn't about the person that forgave. The story here, Jesus asks, so now, which of them will love him more? Which person is going to love more? The one that was forgiven a lot or the one that was forgiven a huge amount? Which one's going to, forget, which one's going to love Jesus more? Or, sorry, which one's going to love that person that forgave more? And so Simon replied, he said, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forget, forgiven. Forgiven. The one that was there was no way that they were ever going to pay off this debt. They're going to love the master. They're going to love that money lender even more. And Jesus says, Jesus replied here. You have judged correctly. You're right. Jesus says, You're right. The person that's that's been that knows their sin, that knows there's no way that they're ever going to be forgiven. There's no way they're ever going to be in heaven with, with Jesus. There's, there's no way that they could ever make it on their own without help of the Savior. Those people are going to be in much more showing their love and showing their affection to the One that forgave them such a huge debt. And so that's what Jesus is trying to show this woman. Sorry, he's trying to show this Pharisee about the woman. And, and for us, fearless neighboring includes loving regardless of what other people think, the other people, their opinions are. Fearless neighboring, so Jesus is showing here that he, was, he loved her no matter what. Even though the opinions in the room... More than just Simon's, I'm sure. We're making it. We had all kinds of ideas of why Jesus was doing this and how he must not be a prophet, how he must not be good, how he must his reputation starting to get ruined here. But Jesus showed love, regardless of what other people thought. He showed love to this woman by letting he, letting her do these things, right? He he didn't. He wasn't saying, okay, go ahead and love me. He, but he loved her by just letting her worship him in this way. Never make a decision based on fears or peers. My wife told me that one. I forget where she found it. but never, It's just some good advice. Don't, if you're fearful of something, don't make a decision based on that. If your peers are thinking a certain way, don't make a decision based on that. Never make a decision based on fears or peers. Don't worry about what other people think. Worry about only what the Lord is calling you to do. And if Jesus wants us to love our neighbors, that's going to look radical sometimes. That's going to look different than, than what people are used to there was a podcast called how to study the bible and in the the time that they were talking about the good samaritan they said that that a neighbor is no longer defined by the other person it's defined by my action it's defined how we react what we do about it so jesus was loving this woman He showed love regardless of what other people thought. Jesus often made the religious leaders upset. We see that over and over. They are getting more and more upset with Him because He's not acting the way that He should. He's not acting the way that their rules are. You know, you don't go to a sinner's house like Zacchaeus. You don't go spend money and spend food, spend time, Spend, get in a relationship with sinners, with, with people that aren't worthy, that aren't living up to what they should be. But Jesus showed love. He said that it's not the doctor, it's not the, the sick, sorry, it's not the healthy that need the doctor, it's the sick. The sick are the ones that need to be healed. The healthy don't need it. You still should go to the doctor every once in a while, even when you're healthy. (laughs) But Jesus came to help the sinners. He came to help people that had no chance of being rescued, like me and you. When was the last time that you were accused of being a friend or being too nice someone that didn't maybe deserve it or someone that's kind of strange or someone that lives differently hey you don't need to do that don't, you don't need to be so generous hey you don't, you don't need to spend your time that way are we loving regardless of what people think are we loving the way that Jesus wants us to love and not just the way that he wants us to love but with his love Now, this story co- takes a little bit of a turn here in verse forty-four, because then all this has been happening between between this woman wetting her wetting her hair, drying his, his, using it for her, his uh, feet, all this, and and then you know Simon's upset about it. So Jesus says, you know, who's going to be, who's going to love more? The person that, this one or that one. Then, and Jesus says, yes, you've, you've judged correctly. The one that had the bigger debt forgiven is going, to, is going to love more. He's talking about this woman. And then in verse 44, Jesus turned toward the woman and then said to Simon, do you see this woman? Okay, I'll say that again. Do you see this woman? Do you see her? I know she's here. I know she's in this house. I know you know about her and you see what she's doing, but do you see her? And Jesus said, I came into your house and you did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and, you, and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. First of all, those are all customs that we don't really partake in anymore, right? All these, all these things. But that was, that was what was expected of a guest. Like the guest would receive all these things from the host. And Simon, the host here, he wasn't... Hosting well. And Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. And the other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this that can even forgive sins? And Jesus said to the woman, "Your faith has saved you. Go in peace." So this woman did all these things to Jesus. The host, Simon the Pharisee, didn't do any of these things. He he disregarded Jesus. He he just he didn't essentially care about hosting the right way in their culture. But what Jesus really wanted Simon to see was this woman. He wanted him to look at her in the eye and see her. He wanted to see that she has been forgiven, that she was broken, that she has, even though she has lived a messy life, that she is a child of God, that she is loved by him. Fearless neighboring includes seeing people in spite of their brokenness. That's our third point today. Seeing people in spite of their brokenness, in spite of their mess, in spite of what we see around, what, what we might see, that's, that's, not, that's not what we should see. We should see the people. We should see look at their eyes. We should understand they have humanity. They have dignity. That yes, they, they might be in a bad place. They might not be the most friendly. They might not be the best friend that you want to spend time with. But Jesus wants us to see people even though they might be broken, even though they might be rude or smelly or weird. Uh, he wants us to get on their level and to see them like a person and love them. And that can be scary. But that's why we're talking about fearless neighboring fearless neighboring to to step across and say i see you get out of your comfort zone and say i see you there's a story that the one of the authors the co-authors of the art of neighboring shared and i want you just to see it it's about 3 minutes long on
1: a video when we think about getting to know our neighbors it's natural for us to be afraid We've heard terrible stories about terrible people that are roaming in our city. And when there's that one weird neighbor on our street, you know that weird guy on the street where you're like, I don't know what that guy's doing, or some weird lady that barely shows herself. She's kind of hiding and you know maybe the house is kind of beat up or the, the grass is overgrown or something's kind of messed up with the garage door or who knows what. It's natural to fill in that gap and say, ooh, That's a scary person. By the way, if you don't have someone on your street that's like the weird person, it's probably you. So you might want to think about what that means. But anyway, you you just notice all of these people that are around you that kind of freak you out. For me, I I had a neighbor when I moved into a home who they were one of these people that put everything they believe on bumper stickers on their car. And it was all things that made it so I knew they weren't going to like me. Um, had some things about like how Christians are judgmental and mean and, and I'm like a pastor. So I'm like seeing this guy's bumper stickers going, oh my, God. man, it's just best to avoid that person. Well, sure enough, we bump into each other at a little block party and I, uh, I meet this guy and immediately he comes after me because he'd heard I'm a pastor and goes, oh, so you're a pastor. So you think I'm going to hell, huh? I go, why? Well, I, I don't even know you. Oh, what's your name? He goes, and he just keeps on, boom, 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 boom. He's just coming after me. And I'm kind of reeling and trying to manage it and be gracious. And honestly, I got home that night and I just felt terrible. I felt like, man, this guy was so mean and weird and I'm so glad that's done. But the more I thought about it and I even prayed, I thought, I don't like the way we left that. Next morning I got up, walked over his house, knocked on the door, he opens the door. I said, hey man, I just wanna talk to you really quickly. We don't know each other. I didn't feel great about how they went last night and he slumped and he went oh man I'm so embarrassed I was so unfair to you I was really unkind I said no I, it's clear you've had some stuff happen I just would love a chance to talk to you and get to know you and he said well come on in and we sat down and we talked I got to hear his story and of course it's no surprise he'd been hurt by a lot of Christians he'd had some weird stuff happen with church people and you know, he was just working that out, talking to me. And I got to tell him a little bit about my story, how I came to know Jesus and why I follow Jesus and the kind of man I'm trying to be. Very long story short, we became really good friends. We took vacations together and talked about life with God. But I think back to that first encounter and how it would have just been so easy to just stay afraid, to keep my distance, for him to keep his distance. But because we went over that little hurdle... We chose to care for one another, to hear each other's stories. It made all the difference, and we got over that little barrier of fear to truly learn what it meant to care for one another and love one another. As someone who follows Jesus, I think that's my responsibility, not his.
0: All right, so what he was trying to say here, he said a lot of things about the story, but... It's our responsibility to go, step across, get out of our comfort zone. It's our responsibility as Christians to be letting people know the love of Jesus. To be going to places, going and being in relationship with people that might be different than you. To be going and showing love to people regardless of what other people might think. And really, to see people, in spite of their brokenness, and in this this story, he he shared that this this guy, even though they it didn't go well, they tried again, got over the fear, got over that, and and had a, had a good relationship afterwards. He also mentioned something called a block, a block party, and a block party is something that. In this series, The Art of Neighboring, that, that, that's on Right Now Media and in this book, uh, they really encourage people to take a step and say, hey, in your neighborhood, the way just to get to know people is to say, hey, let's, we're going to have a party. We're going to have a, everybody's going to be outside in the summer. It, guess what? It's, it's May. It's hot. You can plan a block party. Um, in our street, we're already talking about doing that with people, and and just getting to know people better. Maybe, you know, we've been doing this this block map in the bulletin the last few weeks. I just encourage you to keep getting to know people's names. You know, this is this is about getting to know who lives near you. Getting to know getting to know their names. So that we can be be in relationship with them. Because we're not gonna Once you know someone's name, then you can start being more in relationship. When you know people, they're not just strangers. You know, most people, this guy, Jay Pathik, I think is how you say his last name, he he said that most people are just doing the best they can, the best they know how. He was saying in a different clip, he was talking about how there's a lot of people that are afraid to get over this, this barrier. a lot of people that are afraid because there's, we watch the news and there's all these bad people, all these bad things that are happening. But he's saying that, that, yes, there is evil, there is brokenness, there is problems in the world, but most people are just doing the best they know how with, with the life that they've had. And he said that most people need someone to care for them, to offer a life in God to them. That can be you. That can be me. We can get to know people and see people in spite of their brokenness and, and be loving regardless of what people think. And being around those people, even if they're, they don't believe the same things as you, they don't look the same as you, they don't act the same as you, but get to know them. Sit across the table. Spend time getting to know people. Our main idea today is, is that when... When we love our neighbors fearlessly, we will step out of our comfort zone. We're loving fearlessly when we're, we're getting across, you know, we're getting out of our comfort zone. I, I was thinking about it this week and I said, you know, the, the next step is just to take the next step. The next thing you need to do, how to, what, do we, what do you do? Just take a step. Just take a step, get out of our comfort zone. Being prayerfully present. Asking the Lord for opportunities. And then take that step. He's going to give you opportunities. We were watching a, a basketball game recently, and the coach said it to, the, to the players, he said, anything you want is on the other side of hard. Anything that you want is on the other side of hard. It, it's going to be hard to get there. And this, this coach They had just won the NBA championship last year. And he's still telling the players, if you want something bad enough, you've got to work hard to get there. My question is, do we want to love our neighbors, even if it's hard? Even if it's fearful? Even if it means we have to step out of our comfort zone? Do we want to do that? Or do we just kind of do it because Jesus said, love your neighbors as yourself? There's a song that says, that says, because my, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. When we are abiding in Jesus and when we are close to Him, all those fears are gone. And we're going to do what Jesus wants us to do regardless of how comfortable or Afraid it might make us. So the next step is to take a step. You can write that down. It's not in your bulletins, but Um, the next step might be. We have all these cards that say, "Join us, join the fun for VBS." And I know a lot of people don't have kids in their houses, but you can give these to someone and say, "Hey, maybe you, maybe your niece or nephew, maybe your grandkid." Maybe someone that you know can come to Vacation Bible School. There's several of these cards. I encourage you to take, take several and give them to people this week. Praying for opportunities. And even if not, nothing else, you can at least have a conversation with someone. Now before we close, I want to just have you just take a moment and, and think, this, think about this. On the bottom of your sermon notes, it says, what is the Lord asking you that shows love to your neighbors? What is is the Lord asking you to do that's going to show love to your neighbors, even this week? Just take, take a little time and think about, what is one way that I can fearlessly be a neighbor this week? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you've put people in our lives, whether they're next door, whether they're in different places where we go for work or school, places that we interact with people on a regular basis, or maybe we just run into at the grocery store, or run into around town, or wherever it is, God. I pray that we would be people, that would show your love in a fearless way. That we could be a good neighbor. That we could be kind. That we would see people when other people maybe aren't even seeing them. And so Lord, I just pray that you'd open up our eyes and you'd have have us do your will. Lord, I pray that we would even be able to work together in reaching people for You, Jesus. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.